for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Okay, uh, my wife says to send her love from her and all the ladies at this Spiritual Health Weekend. They're having a fabulous time being entertained and being ministered to and eating well and, and so forth. And uh, we will go and, I was going to say we'll go and rescue them. Maybe, maybe it's them coming to rescue us, uh, as men being at home. I was tidying up the house this morning trying to make it look something, something like. <laughs> but I know as soon as she walks in, there'll be little things just moved about that, that I haven't got right. But anyway, they send their love and they look forward to seeing you next time. We're going to finish our series this morning in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, and we've got a number of verses to read this morning, Uh, and I'm going to speak on the title, uh, Correcting Your Enemies, (laughs) Correcting Your Enemies. Uh, The first week, in January, we spoke on correcting, as Lydia was telling us, correcting your vision. Correcting your vision, how you see things. The second week, we talked on correcting your walk. How you walk with God. How you walk through this journey that we're all, co- we're all on called life. And then I talked last week on correcting your talk. Correcting your talk. And today we're going to look at the subject of correcting your enemies. Ever wanted to sort your enemies out? <laughs> Just give them tell you, <laughs> correcting your enemies. Okay, so let's uh, go as fast as we can, and I'll read. There's some really wonderful verses, and I thought I, I cut some out, um, but uh, so it's a lengthy reading, but it's very engaging. So uh, we'll read Psalm 119, and we'll kick off with verses one to two. Blessed means happy of the undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. And then verse 22. Verse 22 Remove from me, the psalmist says, reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statues. Your testimonies. Also are my delight and my counselors. Verse 42. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. Verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. The proud have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remember your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. And then verse 69. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is, their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. He says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. And then verse 78, let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your 
precepts. Verse 84. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? Verse 85. The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They almost made made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. And then verse 92. Unless your law had had been my delight, I would have perished in in my afflictions. I will not forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, the psalmist says. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. 98. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. 115. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Verse 134. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. One, four, three, trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delight. Verse one, five, three, consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. One, five, seven, many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and I'm disgusted because they do not keep your word. And then finally, verse 161, princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. And uh, God will bless Uh, the reading of his word. I watched a uh, report the other day there, and it was on a news program, and uh, there was a comedian on that they were interviewing, and he was sharing how he plays in front of crowds of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people, and he does it with, with ease, and he's relaxed, and there's no problems at all, and he's chilled, and he enjoys it, and they enjoy him, and everything's fine. But then the very next day, he finds he struggles to walk into a coffee shop or any shop because he's insecure, he's frightened, he's worried. And he says, I find myself walking up and down for a long, long time. He said a couple of hours. Well, it's a couple of hours or not, I don't know. For a couple of hours, trying to summon the strength to go in and get a bite to eat. How can someone who speaks to 2,000 struggle to walk through a door of Costa or Starbucks or wherever? He has what I would call an enemy, and his enemy is insecurity. He's struggling to make that uh, contact. It's deliberating. It robs him of time. It robs him of joy. It robs him of energy. And he says it even robbed him of money <laughs> because he's, he's frustrated with himself and he can't make the contacts, go into offices, see people. And uh, whilst it's easy to talk to 2,000, it's very, very difficult for him to talk to two. I've told you before, he has an enemy. Uh, 
Maybe not what we would think of being an enemy, but it's an enemy to him. I've told you before, I was in India. I was in between services. I was speaking three times at this church on a Sunday morning. And uh, as I remember rightly, Susan and I were speaking on marriage. And uh, in between the first and the second service, I went backstage into this room, and we sat and had a cup of coffee just to relax between the two services. And as I was relaxing, I was fiddling around on my phone and putting up a photograph of where we were on our trip and everything else. And I saw this message on Facebook uh, to Sue and I. It's to Jack and Sue McVicker page on Facebook. And I saw this message, which I'd never seen before. And uh, it had actually been up there about four months. And uh, whilst everybody's worshipping in, in the next room and praising, and we were just sat, sat alone, I was skimming through uh, my Facebook page, and I saw this message. It was defamatory. It was awful. It was accusing. It was straight, really, I would say, from the pit of hell. And I was reading this, and I suddenly realized that I didn't realize before I had an enemy. And he, he was attacking me, attacking this church, attacking the ministry. Truth is, as a pastor, you, as you seek to serve God faithfully where he's called you, part of the job is you don't always gain friends. Sometimes you, you gain enemies, all sorts of enemies. We all have all sorts of enemies. Uh, sometimes they're in our life. Sometimes they're over our life. Sometimes enemies can be habits and thoughts that maybe come from the past, from years past, maybe from generations past. And you perhaps act in a certain way, in a certain situation. You don't want to do it, you don't know why you do it, but you do it. And it's an enemy reaching out of the past to grab you and to frustrate you and even to control you. There's other enemies in life that we have that can hold you back. Uh, Laziness is an enemy to you. Pride will hold you back and is an enemy. Fear, envy, unfaithfulness is an enemy when it wrecks a home or a relationship or a family. Unrighteousness in our lives is an enemy to us. Lack of honor, greed, all sorts of things that we wouldn't first and foremost think as enemies, but actually they are. They're like brakes on a car. Have you ever had a car and you're driving along and the brakes are stuck? And you're going through the gears and you think, something is holding me back. And it's like the gears have, uh, sorry, the brakes have frozen, locked on. And you can't go too far ahead because the brakes are holding you back. And it's like the brakes in your car are an enemy against you making progress. It's an enemy. Another type of enemy can be illness. An illness that just won't go away. You hate it. You don't deserve it. It costs you to have it. It's not from God. It worries you. It robs you. It's it's an enemy to your relationship. 
in your family or with God, sometimes with Jesus. And I'm not going to talk about healing this morning. That would be a whole month <laughs> in its own to talk about healing. But let me just say something to you. Whether your illness is short-term or long-term, let your illness be a reason to go to Jesus rather than go from Jesus. The sick in the New Testament went to Jesus. Jesus went to the sick. But so often in our illness, and we're not feeling well, we can, it can be an enemy to us that drives us away from our faith, drives a wedge between us and God. Let our sickness, our affliction, draw us towards God, not away from God. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with them. No. With your neighbor? No. With your husband? With your wife? No. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's God's promise to us this morning. Other people have an enemy, and it's called their past. And their past torments them. It reminds them of past mistakes, past errors, past faults, past blunders, past slip-ups, past omissions, and yes, past sins. But 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He, not us, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Often people think, yeah, some right unrighteousness, everything that everyone else has done apart from me. No, God says, he puts an important word in there, all, all. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And he says, I will not remember your sins. Question, why are you remembering them when he doesn't? Oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. And God's saying, what, forgive you what? What are you asking me to forgive you? I've forgotten it. Oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I couldn't, I shouldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. Oh, it's terrible, terrible. God says, you're forgiven. Forget it. How do we correct and confront and deal and protect ourselves from these types of enemies? Well, you do what I'm doing this morning, and I've already done the first five or ten minutes. You pick up your sword and you fight. You pick up your sword and you fight. You proclaim God's truth by proclaiming God's word. They say the first casualty of war is the truth. That's what they say. The first casualty of any war is the truth. And let me tell you something. You're at war. And I'm at war. We're at war. 
And sometimes the enemy is within, <laughs> and sometimes the enemy is without. But there's a war going on, and there's a fight to be fought. So, don't let the truth be the casualty of your war. Speak the truth. Because when you speak truth, guess who goes running out the front door? The enemy. The enemy flees when we declare truth. So this sword of truth teaches us that as we are pursued by our enemies, make sure your protector, your guardian, is Jehovah Shaddai, God Almighty. Jehovah Emmanuel, God with me, God with us. Jehovah Shabbath, the Lord of hosts. What does the hosts mean? Army. Lord of armies is the literal Hebrew there. Lord of armies. You have an army behind you, in front of you, beside you. So Paul said to Timothy, man of God, woman of God, as it were, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Blessed, happy are the undefiled in the way. Remember when people became Christians in the Acts of the Apostles, they were known as people of the way. That's how they were known, they're people of the way. And here here we are in Psalms, they're saying, blessed are the undefiled in the way. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, his truths, who seek him with the whole heart, we read. Pursue God righteously as your enemy pursues you. I'm getting all my words mixed up. Pursue you unrighteously. He will pursue and attack you, and he'll use any which way to come at you. But you attack him righteously. They do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. As you live a righteous life, as you honor God with your life, as you worship him with your whole heart, with your whole life, that's the war going on. That's you fighting. Uh, verse 2 says, blessed are those who keep your testimonies. Verse 22 says, remove from me the reproach and contempt, for I've kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statues. Your testimonies are my counselors. Your testimonies are my counselors. What the psalmist is saying here is, when I read this, when I study this, when I meditate on this, it's counseling me. It's speaking to me. It's feeding me. It's protecting me. Your testimonies, your word, are my counselors. So the psalmist is saying, firstly, you're blessed when you keep God's word. Secondly, the word of God is your counselor. That's what keeps you sane when all hell is coming against you. That's what keeps you blessed. That's what keeps you happy. When nothing is changing in the physical, God is working in the Super physical, the supernatural, working in your finances, your illnesses, people who are coming against you, 
So that verse 42 comes true. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. So who are we going to believe? We're going to believe somebody who writes something on Facebook or says something on the phone or writes a letter to you or a text, or are you going to believe the word of God? The word of God has never been defeated by any enemy. It has an answer to every situation. I wonder what your enemy is saying to you today. Whatever the enemy is saying to you, fight him with this. Fighting with the word, fighting with the sword of truth. And God will fight for his friends. You sing that song, I am a friend of God. And then sometimes we live like we're not a friend of God. God fights for his friends. God fights for his truth. So use the truth to fight. No longer do I call you servants, Jesus said. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Proverbs tells us there's a friend who sticketh closer than a brother. So what does the world, what does the, your friend say about you? I don't mean your earthly friend. I mean your heavenly friend. Earthly friends can come and they can go. They can say this and say that. They love you one minute. I, I told you before, I've got a file in my, in, in my files in the office. And I've got letters from people who love me. And people who perhaps didn't love me just as much as the others loved me. And people who hate me in one sense. And then... <laughs> sometimes I've got letters from the same person who's saying how wonderful we are and then the next minute I'm leaving this rotten church because I, I hate you, I can't stand you you're not, not, and the next thing, do you understand people come, people go people will love you one minute, hate you the next just read your papers uh, the politician, we're voting for whoever it is two, three years later, they get that out of Downing Street, absolutely useless whoever voted for them, you know so a friend in the world will come and will go, but Jesus sticks closer than any brother will ever stick close to you. And he says, and by the way, if the world hates you, bear in mind it hated me first. And if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. That's why the psalmist says in verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for your words given me life. He says it's good for me, good for me, that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than the thousands of coins of gold and silver. He says, just think about things that have come against you in your life. It is good for me to be afflicted. That is real spiritual Christian maturity. It's, it, it, it's something supernatural to be even to say that. It's unbelievable. It's incredible that you would come to the point that you begin to declare that it was good that the enemy came and attacked you. My mind went to Jesus walking around Palestine, walking around from Nazareth and Bethlehem and Jerusalem and the Sea of Galilee and all these dusty roads and trailing these men behind him. 
And one of them was a traitor. One of them was going to afflict him. And it was good, we know, knowing the end of the story, it was good that Judas was there. Because what was Judas doing? He was driving him all the way to the cross, pushing him towards his destiny. And often in our life, our enemies, they don't know what they're doing, but they are driving you to what your destiny is. I can't do that for you. Your wife, your husband can't do it for you. But we can bring ourselves to the point, you say, you know what? I can thank God in all things. I can thank God for all people because it has driven me closer and more intimate to God's word. God doesn't bring these things to you, but he will use these things for you. Your enemy will continually defeat you if he's driving you away from God. You're defeated. You're defeated. Unless he's driving you towards this, then that's when victory comes. Samuel says, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. <laughs> unless your law had been my delight, I, Samuel says, I would have gone, I would have been finished, I would have perished. So correcting your enemy involves us being corrected by God's word. Correcting your enemy involves that word correcting me. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. You'll find your enemy is often smarter than you, but they will never be smarter than God, your friend. So let's hide behind our friend, and then we're on the winning side. Pursue wisdom. Pursue God, because God is wisdom. Samuel says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Do you remember when Jesus was fasting one day, 40 days in the desert, and the enemy came to him? Picture the scene. Maybe they had met before. They had met before. Don't know what Satan was uh, aware that they had met before. Lucifer meets the Son of God in the desert. 40, 40 years, 40 days fasting. And Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew that he was his enemy. And it says the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The spirit, I'll say it again. The Spirit led Jesus out into the desert to be tempted by the devil at his weakest physical point in the most remote place. They came head to head. So how did Jesus win that victory? Jesus won that victory because he knew this word. 
That's how he won the victory. It wasn't, you know, some sort of special prayer or special this. He knew God's Word. So when Satan came and used God's Word with an angle and not quite truthfully, he could turn around and say, no, God's Word says. You see, we don't have that. We don't memorize Scripture. So Satan comes and whispers things in your ear, and we're flummoxed because... And often, it drives us away from God's Word instead of driving us to God's Word. And we need to learn to, at our weakest point, when we've been led out to some wilderness, and life's hard, and life's a struggle, to be able to say, no, this is God's truth. And Satan often seeks to isolate us from his Word, from God, and from the church. Just like an animal attacking a pack of sheep or whatever. Isolate one. Go after one. I don't want the whole pack. I just want one. Just isolate that one. Isolate that one. Isolate that one. Over. Over. Packs over here. Over. Over. Got it. And that's what happens. That's what he does. That's his business. Maybe that temptation, maybe that wilderness was last week, last month, last year, maybe even last night. Maybe it's next month, next year. But one thing can be sure, Satan is coming for you with his lies. (laughs) If you haven't experienced it already, he's coming for you. I had a friend in India, I was sitting last night, and uh, he... uh, he was asking me where I was and so forth on Facebook. And I put up that I was preaching on this morning. And he said, oh, are you preaching that? He says, I'd like to listen to the podcast. He says, I don't have any enemies. And uh, he'll be listening to this in the next couple of days. <laughs> a lovely man, a great friend. And he says he's no enemies, but he has an enemy. It might be one of the things I've mentioned, but he has a enemy. And he's against him. Everything stands, and he doesn't want that cross built in his life. And unless we correct that enemy, unless we take him to task, then he begins to gain ground in our life. So the psalmist says, So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me. And Jesus says, It is written. Where was it written? And what you've got on your phone, on your tablet, in your Bible. That's where it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We saw in our first week, this is the word of God. The Bible. Bible means book. Holy Bible. Holy book. And he says to Satan, it's written again. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Away with you, Satan, for it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. The answer for your battle against your enemy 
is you have a weapon. You have a weapon, but we're not using it. But this weapon will feed you in your battle. It will protect you in this battle. It will come against your enemies. It will correct your enemies. So use this word to protect you. Use this word to comfort you in the battle with your enemy, whatever your enemy is. Use this word to inform you about your enemies. Use this word to counsel you as you go through the battle, as you are in the wilderness. Use the word, honor the word, work the word, quote the word, believe the word, trust the word. Use the word. It is the word of God. I wrote down what some people say about the word of God. Some people that you might be surprised about. Bono from you too. When you align yourself with God's purpose as described in the scriptures, something special happens to your life. Ronald Reagan. Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Martin Luther. The Bible is a cradle wherein Christ is laid. Isaiah, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God lasts forever. The psalmist says, verse 105 in our our psalm this morning, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And your enemy, the enemy of your soul, hates it. Hates it because it's true. He's the father of all lies. God is the father of all truth. Exodus 23 says, if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. See how much God's on your side? We need to finish, but let's just finish with one last verse from 119, Psalm 119, verse 10. With my whole heart I have sought you, O let me not wander from your commandments. And if you do, seek him with all your heart. As Moses said to the children of Israel, and the Holy Spirit says to us this morning, do not be afraid. Stand still in the middle of your enemies. And see, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the enemies you see today, you will see again no more forever, the verse says. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. It's a wonderful thing. When somebody takes up your problem, your issue, and is an advocate for that against everything else on your behalf. Somebody takes up your cause, takes up your situation. You're no longer fighting alone. God is fighting for you. And our job is to believe and trust and have faith in how he's going to fight for us. And he brings the shalom of God. So this month in January, we kicked off by talking about correcting our vision. What Lydia was saying this morning, how we see things. How we see things. Some of us are needing new glasses like me. 
new lens so that we can see things the way we should be seeing them. And there's only God's Word that will act as the proper lens for you. Some of us need to correct our talk, how we say things, how we speak God's truth, how we declare and we decree truth rather than what the enemy is saying to you, what God is saying about you. Some of us need to correct our walk so that we can stand and make progress in our spiritual journey in 2018. Some of us need to get our enemy and begin to give them a serious talking to. We need to correct our enemies by staying secure in God's Word. Most times with an enemy, it's wise and it's best to zip it and say nothing. And let your God speak in your behalf. God says, vengeance is mine. So don't you go messing (laughs) with what God's job is. What you need to do is stand next to your friend. I am a friend of God. That's how we correct our enemies. We correct our enemies by picking up this word, by believing it, and by declaring it. Okay? Yeah? As I said last week, the Church of England saying, this is the word of God. What did they say back? Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your truth. You have not left us alone. Your Holy Spirit, Lord, would draw us to this word of God. This word of truth. This manual, this handbook, this weapon that you have given us. Lord, we repent of how the enemy has driven a wedge between us and our weapon and your truth and your word. We repent, Lord. It hasn't meant what it should have meant to us. Some of us, Lord, haven't looked at it for months. Some of us don't read it regularly, Lord. Some of us just get by on past glories. Past testimonies. A verse here, a verse there. Lord, draw us into your word. Draw us towards your word. Help us to see the value of it. Counsel us. Make us more like Jesus. Make us more like Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you our lives in 2018. We even give you our enemies, Lord. What's been said about us, what's been said to us, the past, illnesses, our pride, our envy, our greed, our false humility. Lord, we give it all to you. These are our enemies. They're keeping us back, Lord, from going forward with you. Make us righteous, Lord. Make us pure. Make us clean. Make us soldiers of the cross. Using 
the sword of truth and the breastplate of righteousness which you've given us. We were unrighteous, but you've made us righteous. Even before our enemies, before our accusers, before those who would haunt us with our past, haunt us with our present, even haunt us with the future, you've made us righteous. You've forgiven our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. We've laid them at the cross, Lord. Help us to leave them there. In Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.